Welcome to another episode of New Savages Spirituality. I'm Simon. I'm John. Just two brothers on a journey. And uh, this week, I've got we've got a really special guest. Um, I just want to give it a bit of a backstory first. Um, our guest today is the lovely Kim Williams, and she's a photographer. And this week, she posted a post on um, Instagram that one of our lovely followers tagged me into, and I was blown away by it, basically. It was made me really quite upset and really angry, um, but we're going to get into that now. Uh, so, Kim, welcome. Hello. Thank you for uh, having me. Hey. So exciting. It's a pleasure. Um, so I'll start <laughs> this like I always do. Um, mm-hmm. Where are you coming from, Kim? What's your story? Love that. I'm going to start implementing that into my daily conversations <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm physically physically yeah. coming from Brighton, from the seaside, um, where I've been for just over a year. I was in London for a decade. Um, pandemic hit, whole life fell apart, complete mental health breakdown, had to start again and so retreated to the sea. Um, physically, spiritually, I'm exhausted. It's been quite a week, like after that Instagram yeah. post. Um it's it's been incredible and I've really wanted to like ride the wave of people talking about it and, and the conversation starting so I've just been like writing articles and doing stuff like this and and working with people so um it's literally just hit me like about two hours ago that I'm exhausted yeah. <laughs> so if I start <laughs> I, I start sounding a little bit trippy <laughs> that's probably why oh, we're down with that so yeah. let, let's let's talk about that that post on yeah. Instagram um do you want to break it down for us and explain the whole yeah. the whole thing of it? Sure, sure. Yeah. So the Instagram post, I'm a wedding wedding photographer and videographer. I run my own business, Kim Williams Weddings. I have done that for about five or six years. Um, and the Instagram post is, is titled uh, Things, Men, Things Men Did to Me at Weddings in 2021. Mm. Um, the reason that post came about was at the end of 2020, I was just so sick of uh the way I was being treated not only by guests at weddings but by other male photographers or DJs or my you know my peers and colleagues basically at these weddings and it was so highlighted I think in 2020 because it was a pandemic year we only shot 10 weddings in that year whereas usually I would do up to 50 um and they were tiny and we were wearing masks all the time and we were keeping away from people and we were socially distancing and yet I was still being constantly touched by men all of the time. <laughs> really yeah. just sort of highlighted that. Uh, didn't know what to do about it, was just sick of it. And I just started, as I do, a little notes app on my phone, on my iPhone um, of just jotting down things, thoughts, everything. And so every time something happened at a wedding, I would I would jot it down. Um, and so by the, the end of last year, the end of 2021, I had quite a quite a big list um and didn't know what to do with it uh I was terrified of posting it to my uh following very small following on Instagram but very like loyal and amazing following um because I didn't want to upset my wedding clients you know the idea that someone has done you know someone has harassed me at their wedding I knew they would be incredibly upset and we have this kind of I guess this facade, this fourth wall when it comes to weddings where we do anything we can to like protect the couple, like this is the happiest day of your life and nothing else matters. Um, so I was really scared of posting it, but I, I did an Instagram story on Friday of last week that was like, I've got this notes up in my phone. Does anyone want to see it? And the response to that was was um, overwhelming. And also it was like 
no men do not engage on my Instagram stories or polls. They watch, they never engage. <laughs> they never vote in <laughs> polls. They never answer questions. They just sit and lurk. <laughs> but this time the men voted. The men said, yes, we do want to see it. So I was like, okay, here we go. And, you know, I had maybe 2000 followers at the time of posting it. Um, and I get a fairly good engagement with that. I thought maybe I'll have some comments. I think right now it's at something like, that post is at something like 8,000 likes alone. It's, it's, it's had like 75,000 impressions. And it's like, wow. wow. Today, today I was in the independent, like what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> the independent. Yeah. So um, it hit home. Yeah. It hit home. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, I guess. Mm. That's, where, that's where I am. Yeah. Um, it's been a uh, wild week. It's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. I remember, um, you know, when the poor girl was killed by the policeman in London, mm. that, that kind of generated a lot, didn't it? Yes. And um, I spoke to quite a few of my female friends at that time, and I was like genuinely shocked at that to, to a woman, each of them could recount stories of sexual mm. harassment of varying degrees. Yes. Yes. And the, the scary thing, like in the men's circle that I lead, we talked about it, and we kind of, we worked out that, since this is so prevalent, it must be men that we interact with. It must be our oh, peers, absolutely, you know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, our friends yeah. and stuff. And that's quite a scary place mm. to, yeah. to think. And so, we've mm. talked quite a lot about. We don't say calling someone out; we say calling someone in because we mm -hmm. see it as more of a beautiful, kind of a loving, compassionate thing, but not accepting any kind of misogyny, not accepting, you know, just that little. Oh, it's any lads, lads yeah. together because it we have to we have to yeah. be the kind of the change and it does yeah. i mean a lot of things that have been posted about that this is a men's problem and it's true mm. it, is, it really, really is and yeah. it's it's down to us to kind of stand up and be counted <clears throat> on yeah. this and it it scares me it really does you know i've got a son and i've got two daughters and mm. it's like what is this world like for them and i can only you know my son comes along he's 16 and he comes along yeah. to my men's circle and he came along to the retreat that we put on and so I'd like to think that he's seeing this alternative, but it, it's yeah. got to be wider. It's got to be um, mm -hmm. more yeah. discussed and, and fucking yeah. blokes taught, you know, well, boys taught. That's the thing yeah. at that's a young it. age that, you know, basically it's as simple as don't fucking mistreat women. Don't, rape, yeah. don't, don't think that you can do these things, but it's, yeah. it's always kind of moved across to this is a woman's problem, you know, that's so, it. you know judy that's got raped or something rather than matt raped judy you know yeah. it's always the slant is to the feminine and, and well, yeah. what was she wearing was she drunk and and all this ridiculous stuff that's missing the point so yeah they, it was when you you've referred to um the death of sarah everidge that that was the, the who was murdered by the police woman sure, that yeah. was such a uh, I, I was shooting a wedding that day when it came out in London and I was walking from uh, Greenwich from the Maritime Museum where I was shooting about 20 minutes to the hotel that I was staying at um, late at night, half 11 at night. And for the very first time since I was probably a, a teenager, like I'm 32 now, I was I was absolutely terrified. Like I was, mm. I was physically terrified walking through the streets and really thought like that, why, why could that not be me? You know, that, yeah. that absolutely could be me right now. Not only am I work, walking with thousands of pounds of kit in my bag, <laughs> like, like, you know, walking from a wedding, like I'm, I'm so vulnerable and exposed. And I just, I called my partner and was like, I don't, I need you to talk on the phone with me just the whole way. Just, just talk with me the whole way until I get there because I'm, I'm now scared for my safety. Um, and the thing is, we talk, we as women like talk about it 
all the time because it happens to us every single day. We're always talking about it with each other. And I think this is the difference now is that especially with that Instagram post in the wedding photography world, we're talking about it all the time. Me and my, my fellow uh, peers who aren't men, aren't cis men. And uh, now it's now it's kind of been made public and we're inviting men into the conversation. That's, mm. I think, why it's, it's shaken up so much. I'm I'm interested in like, all the men I've spoken to about it have said how shocked and disgusted they were. And bizarrely, those aren't words that like I use when I think about those experiences because they're so common to me. Yeah. They're not shocking. Do you know if if I'm real truthful, when I when I read your post, I was disgusted, angry, and really pissed off, but mm. not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I think you even put it in the post when you're mixing people and, and men in this situation with alcohol. Yeah. It just it's shit. magnified, isn't it? You know? Yeah. But if yeah, if yeah. I'm really, really honest, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. You know. I think the scariest thing about it as well is that the, the the kind of the frequency of it, well, obviously tell me if I'm mm. wrong, but what it seems to be that the frequency of it is so great that it's only when it's a kind of a severe version of it that it's almost newsworthy or even properly yeah. talk with it. Whereas, you know, the guy whistling, catcalling, smile of it may never happen, a pinch of a bot. I don't uh, know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? The yeah. levels of that it's it's been so normalised Yes. That, and then that, in, in essence, is the problem that mm. we have collectively, societally, you know, through mm -hmm. media and all that, normalised the kind of sexualization of women, but then also mm. the shaming of women all, all at the same time. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's, I really I believe, I mean, I don't know if John said before, but we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but we would like to go into schools and do work yeah. on yeah. this and really oh, look yes. at, at young lads, you know, when they are at this vulnerable stage so that, you know, they understand the, the immense damage that pornography does that oh, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. that this kind of toxic masculinity and misogyny does get kind of yeah. taken down. If yeah, totally. a better word, it's, it's, micro, it's microaggressions, like something that hasn't been, you know, obviously there's when you hear that the grabbing around the neck and the things I post on that, those are, those are the big, you know, big incidences, but those yeah. are the ones that are few and far between what happens at, at basically every wedding is the, the little microaggressions, the the little snide comments, or the the kind of a lot of the time it's um, men just don't have the same trust in me as as they do in my like say my second shooter who's coming along and he's a male. They yeah. will just let him do his day and won't say anything to him. But I'm constantly being like questioned or um, what kit have I got? I need to grab my kit and look at my lens. They need to comment on it or they're just they're just mistrusting me all of the time. And that is is. Mm. It gets so frustrating, and that is also what happens in our lives every single day. But the little microaggressions of of that of the mistrust, and also of the catcalling and the things like that, or the being asked to smile more, like yeah, yeah we mm. we live with it every day. So we just we just brush yeah. it off. And the thing is, is that the younger generations are are watching that happen if they're living at home with a with a parent that that's that's the relationship of their parents. So, you know, that's how dad speaks to mum then that's normal for them and that's what they see so that's what they continue to do when they're at school absolutely my partner's yeah. a, a secondary school teacher at a, um a, a school down here in um Peacehaven near Brighton and he's like just the way that the kids will speak to 
each other to him uh he and then he meets their parents the parents evening and he's like okay here it is (laughs) (laughs) so much aggression or or you know the way that they'll treat the boys will treat the girls at school or things like that it's like yep it's generational trauma it's being passed down yeah it's not being stumped out i mean it's scary the, the reality is, like, I, from, from my perspective, I, I kind of view myself as, as being an outsider in the UK. Because, mm. like I say, I've lived here a long time on and off, but I'm born and raised in New Zealand. And um, culturally, there's masses of difference. Mm. I mean, it's a real, like, my wife and I have a bit of a joke. Uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey wrote a book hey, called Green Lights. And he talks about his time in Australia, living in Australia. So every time something weird happens, he goes, cultural differences. <laughs> and um we have that saying now in our house like cultural yeah. differences but the thing about that really blows my mind with the uk is the the history of the country and it's still running in, in place mm. we spoke about it before we started recording a little bit that the system yeah. here is so set in its way it's like a deep yeah. deep groove that it's struggling to get out of yeah you know so uh, i put uh, you know what can we do as men as individuals to be a an ally i suppose more yeah yeah that's that's the big the big question and uh, (laughs) something that i what i've been saying to people when i've been asked that time and time and again this week is firstly i say it in my instagram post it's men's issue to fix i don't have an answer i don't know yeah (laughs) what i do know however is that it will help massively if men just talk about it amongst themselves in any way that they can and start like you guys are doing and like a lot of people I think have done since reading that post like my partner for example was playing COD with his mates Call of Duty and and they were all talking about they're all talking about it whilst playing COD and I was like brilliant (laughs) (laughs) I love that and they were talking about the discomfort that they feel because as soon as like a woman says to them you are you specifically are not doing enough all men are not doing enough obviously you're going to feel discomfort and that I completely get it and they were talking mm. about how when they first read it they felt a little bit you know it was a little bit kind of but me but I don't I don't do those things to women I'm one of the good guys and um mm. yeah totally not all men are doing it but not all men are speaking about it and not all yeah. men are trying to implement change and that's that's what happens like it's in these spaces it's when you start going into men's spaces whether that is literally a, a amazing safe space that you have created like you guys have or whether that is on the football pitch or playing cod or yeah. you know on the train going to a stag do <laughs> like yeah. oh have you seen have you seen this thing that went viral this week or god my girlfriend told me this thing that happened to her the other night and like what should we how should what should we do in those situations i think like I really, really believe that's how we change the world. Like, it's just we as women have these conversations or we, or or as non-binary people or as trans people are having those conversations all the time in those spaces. Um, I don't know how often, I just don't know how often men are. Yeah. (laughs) Are those conversations happening? Um, No, not. It it depends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you would have met John and I five, six years ago, we wouldn't have been having the conversations. No, I not think, at all. You know, we, we've kind of been on a journey together, which is, mm. you know, that's our tagline at the beginning, but yeah. we both kind of developed spirituality within ourselves. I think it was always kind of present, but you yeah. really yeah. became a bigger part of our lives. We both stopped yeah. drinking and taking drugs, and that was, a, again, another catalyst for change. And we both kind of started being accountable for ourselves and not blaming, mm. like, our partners or our mm. friends. Or anybody or else. Our emotion, yeah, for our yeah. emotions and kind of looking inwards yeah. with compassion. 
So these are the conversations we have and it will be in my men's circle tomorrow. The conversation yeah. that we have will yeah. be about your post. And, you know, these topical things come up and I'm pretty darn certain that everyone within the men's circle, that they are conscious men, that they are, yeah. um, you know, in touch with their feminine and they, they understand the dance between the masculine and the feminine and the, mm. the kind of embracing of all emotions rather than just the very raw masculine ones. Mm. But I think it's interesting what you said that, yes, we're not doing it, but we will all know someone that is absolutely on a, whatever the level, however diluted it is. And yeah. if, unless we actually start to make them accountable with love, yeah. you know, as a Buddhist, yeah. to me, it's always about kind of discerning the difference between the action and the act. Yeah. So I say this a lot because it's not our place to judge someone. We don't know their history. We don't know their traumas, as you said, generational trauma. And, mm. you know, we don't know what they've been through, <clears throat> but that doesn't let them off for their, unskillful acts so I think it's yeah. really important and like for me I own two barbershops one in Exeter and one in Lyme Regis and mm -hmm. so I kind of I in my Exeter shop I cut a lot of students hair you know university students from Exeter and then it's more of a kind of cross-section of people in the Lyme Regis shop but the big thing that I've kind of changed recently was is making no distinction between my men's work the kind of the buddhist stuff the dharma mm. the the meditation type mindfulness elements and being a barber so it's all now integrated so the way that i talk yeah. within my men's circle is the same that i talk in the barber chair yes. without not with indoctrination or blind dogma or that kind of stuff but that yeah. just actually we have these conversations and quite often i find people whom you would think wouldn't want to have those conversations really will and open up and and when you're vulnerable and when you kind of allow your authenticity to come through it will do more so you know oh, sometimes yes. we have the arbitrary football conversations whatever but i'm not thinking against football but it's just not my deal yeah but more often than not it, it can lead to um more like depth. A bit deeper yeah so that's, that's it that's almost yeah. to me that my my service work is almost more important within the barber chair than Absolutely. it is in the men's yeah. circle because in in the men's circle they're choosing you know they're already at a level of consciousness that they want to yes. explore this stuff but there's people yeah. in the bar which, yeah, that don't know that, that they need it and yeah know, sometimes that's, they're like, yeah that's yeah. it that's what we do as 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 women as non-binary and trans people we have those conversations all the time with each other and I witness I literally had a conversation about probably about last year with a friend of mine and just saying why why are our my our then partners so different when they're just uh when they're with each other but when they're with the four of us we can have such amazing deep meaningful conversations and we can like have you know why is it when they're by themselves they like act like twats <laughs> all they can do is get plastered like what is it why is it so uncomfortable whereas we you know are constantly having those conversations all of the time but there does seem to be something in like when men get together they have to they have to be drinking or they have to be like you know all the <laughs> testosterone and all that that male energy has to come through but yeah. I love that idea of like going to the barber because that I mean me and my hairdresser I literally just had my head on the other day we spent three hours sitting there putting the world like took a uh, diagnosing her with like a, a um avoidant attachment um wound like <laughs> all these things that like we go I go in with everyone I'm chat I'm like therapizing you here we go <laughs> Boom. but it's yeah. um yeah that's that's the way to do it I think it's it's you know, you're, like you're so right. We've ha we've had discussions about this numerous times, Simon and I, both on the on the podcast and in the group, and just on our on our own sort of thing. But the, one of the big things that I always draw from is that as young men, as as young boys, we're kind of taught not to um, actually feel our emotion. 
Mm. It's almost, yeah. you know, you, you see it on a daily, you're, you're out and about with the kids, you know, little boy falls over, starts crying. First thing dad says, oh, come on, mate, don't cry. You're a big boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And immediately that says to that little guy that actually I don't know what my own emotion is. Mm. I'll, like, oh, yeah. You know, truthfully, in, in the in the last few years where I've I've sort of started to understand who I am a bit more and get in touch with my own personal emotion, my wife will say to me, what, what emotion are you feeling? And I'll be like, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no clue yeah. whatsoever because I've yeah. never, ever allowed myself to feel them. Mm. The two emotions that most men are sort of almost trained with is, is, is anger and lust. Yeah. You know, and you put mm. – they're probably the – two of the worst emotions yeah. <laughs> um, this is something that I'm, I'm talking about so much at the moment because i recently learned about like attachment styles i don't know if yeah. you guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah like it's yeah. so new to me i'm i'm you know three years into psychotherapy all the inner child all that kind of healing Great work stuff. absolutely yeah here for it and attachment uh styles are so new to me but my my partner I'm, I'm sure he'll be happy with saying like it is really discovered his avoidant and I really discovered I had this anxious and oh, wow. we've worst combination so it was like the most amazing yeah it was the most amazing like first section of our you know first chapter of our relationship because we were both so in that space and then then there was that all of a sudden where I clung and he wanted to run away and it was just this like cat and mouse <laughs> yeah but uh, been we're there. both in, yeah but yeah. With the difference is and I've had that with every relationship I've ever been in and it's always failed and the difference this time is we we were both in therapy and able, were able to be like oh my god this is this is what's happening mm. you know I'm I'm feeling all these things and all these emotions and he's shutting down any anything that he don't feel don't feel can't <laughs> yeah. feel and <laughs> since going away and talking to so many people about it because that I'm just obsessed with it at the moment it is so amazing how how many men it's men who are the avoidance and it's women Absolutely. who are the anxious and yeah. I do think what you're saying is, is such a big part of it like they don't know he doesn't know how he feels he no. does not have the mm. language so when yeah. I say to him how are you feeling right now are you okay what's going on he's like I don't know I don't know and it's complete panic because he yeah. cannot label that that emotion like yeah. it's huge I think um, with, with our um our retreats we deal with the inner child. Mm. The inner child to me is the, is the key to unlocking those emotions because generally Rich. that's where you lost them in the first place. Mm. Um, and one of our, our like our, our biggest guide, well, mine for sure, and I think yours as well, Simon, for that inner yeah, child book is John, John Bradshaw who wrote this phenomenal book called Homecoming, then mm. did a TV show on PBS way back in like 86, 87, that you can watch on YouTube, by the way, if you want to check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's, it's worth Absolutely it. Absolutely phenomenal. And he also does an absolute amazing inner child meditation, which we we do do at the retreats. Nice. Sadly, Bradshaw passed away in 2016, but his work is still there. And the key to – I don't know. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for myself. The, the first time I did his inner child meditation – I wept mm. and I, I had like um, a pretty healthy upbringing. Um, my, my parents loved me. I felt that love. My dad was a little bit detached at first because he wasn't really too aware of how to be a parent, but you know, he, he definitely, I definitely felt his love, you know, 
But there were certain things in that meditation that literally made me weep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, it's so impactful. But what it did to me was it, it let me know that there was so much of my own emotion that I had neglected and pushed away. Mm. And it was a huge turning point for me to actually start, A, being a better partner, B, being a better parent, C, being a better friend, because I could get in touch with all of that emotion yeah. that I hadn't allowed myself to have for 40-odd mm. years. You yeah. Know? So, and I'm not unique in that sense. There is literally no. billions of men who do not know how to, how, how to look at their emotion, how to yeah. feel it. So it yeah. comes out as anger. And it's mm. like we talk about this thing like when kids are little, oh, sh- you know, this little girl, you know, this little boy is pulling this little girl's hair. Oh, it's because he likes you. Yeah. But we actually haven't educated that little boy to go up to it and go say, hey, really like you. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? so and true. all that we're doing is we're just repeating it. As yeah. We're yeah. More so, more so every time, like – I'm not. I'm certainly not um, condoning men's behaviour when they sort of grope a woman by any means. But there's an element to it where he is still that five-year-old yeah. little boy, but yeah. because he hasn't learnt anything past that point. Yeah, and you that's know? what you see, especially at, at weddings, where I literally will watch people start the day sober and just get, you know, they're getting drunker and drunker and drunker as mm. I'm staying at the same level as sober. You see these these men regress into little boys and Absolutely. suddenly the dance floor is the playground. <laughs> yeah. So by, yeah. by literally grabbing, that is exactly what yeah. they are doing. And taking shirts off, right? Like Peter oh, Kay. Do you oh, remember? the shirt's coming off. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I usually am out before that happens. I always say to my clients, the yeah. second the shirt comes off, I'm literally leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be around. It's a bit like that Peter Kay sketch when he talks about going to a wedding and he's running around and sliding on his knees. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And his mum goes, for God's sake, Pete, you're 22 years yeah. old. You know, but it's so fucking accurate. They literally the ties around the head. I can't tell you yeah. how many times every every wedding the ties around the head. That I mean, literally I is. We're, we're yeah, well, cowboys in India. Oh my god, yeah. that's it. It's wow. all this inner oh. child that's coming out. Like we've never <laughs> can Which is, it before. The reality is, like we we know that like being in touch with your inner child and letting that play come out is not a bad thing. It's it's kind of healthy, but the element yeah. is that it's the other side of it. Obviously, where this 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 emotion that they just they don't know how to verbally express that they are yes. attracted to somebody, so they're just disgustingly creepy. Yeah, yeah you know, completely. And or, whether they've or got booze in them or not, and also how, just how to sit with that and what to do with those feelings. Like, yeah. if you are, you know, attracted to somebody, uh, you you don't have to always tell them. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. like not. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> read the room, guys. Yeah. yeah. If they are in the middle of doing their job and there's a hundred people looking at them and they're about to take a photo, you don't need to shout out, "Can I have your number?" Like you just yeah. you note that and you go, "Okay, that's a, that's a thought that I'm having. I'll keep that inside." But it doesn't need to be. Uh, do you know? <laughs> yeah, that's actually the bigger point. Is is men don't know how to actually process most things. No. Like, yeah. and, and yeah. we, I think men and women were not taught it, but it just yeah. women have an ability to just discern better and I, be more I, equanimous. I think women have a, a much wider understanding of human nature mm. and can just, I think women read a room a whole lot fucking better than a bloke does. I believe, yeah. though, that I don't believe there is, I don't know if I believe that 
it's it's a, it's an inherent thing. I don't think anything gendered is an inherent thing. No, I really do believe not. we are completely we we are conditioned to be certain ways. I think mm. it just begins so early in our lives that like it's become a women are better at this, men yes. are better at this. I'm also aware we're using like super heteronormative terms, you yeah. know, trans people and non-binary yeah. people exist and and fall within all these nuances, but like we'll, we'll keep using those terms. But it yeah, I uh, I think it starts so early, all this conditioning, that I don't know where it, where, how it gets to the point where, yeah, we can literally read rooms better, but somewhere along the way, stuff's I, happened. I firmly believe it. My, my, my youngest daughter is 21, and uh, she works, she's a, a barista, so she does some strange hours. When she walks home, um, she will avoid certain places. Yeah. And one of them, uh, I, it kind of pisses me off. One day I'm going to follow her home, like, like so she'll know. And yeah. every time somebody <laughs> says anything, I'm just going to be, what do you fucking say? Yeah. Do you know? That's my daughter. Yeah. But, um, but the, the point of it is she's 21. She already understands all of this. She's understood mm-hmm. it since she was a teenager. Yeah. She even said to me the other day when we were discussing your post um, that she goes, Dad, when I was a teenager, like 13, 14 years old, she's, I used to get shouted at in the street and then by you know, people in vans and cars and all that. She says, it's actually less now than it was when mm. I was 13, 14 years old. Absolutely. And that just made me furious, you know, because yeah. like Daddy Bear comes out then and like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to kill the cunts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you mean, brother. Say what you mean. <laughs> I don't mix my words, you know that. Yeah. But anyway, my point of this is she's learned to read the room, you know mm. what I mean, from as an age as young as 13 because yeah, she's, she's already so living true. within it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're right. I don't think it's yeah. anything that we're like we're passing mm. through gender. I think it is literally mm. the life that women and females have to lead. And you're right, mm. trans and and yeah. and etc. But it's because you're having to deal with this so much. Yeah. You know, like a uh, self-preservation thing. Absolutely. You mean. I've got mm. a friend of mine who, who 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 who's gay who came out when I was living down in Portsmouth, and we'd gone out for a few drinks. And we were leaving a pub and a car drove past and a guy shouted out, fucking fag. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck that dude. I'm going to kick his ass and all this sort of stuff. And the reality is my friend goes, don't worry, dude. I'm used to it. And it's like, you shouldn't be fucking used to it. No, no. Just like you shouldn't be used to it. Kim. And and yeah. this is what like really pisses me off is mm. all of, and we said this before we started recording and I'm going to say it again now is all of these guys have mothers mm. or sisters mm. or girlfriends or wives or daughters or aunties or whatever. There is a female in their life. Do they want that female to experience this shit? Yeah. And the answer, I would hope, is no. Yeah. So well, there'll hope. be that hypocrisy that, you know, yeah. you're doing everything to my daughter, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah, but, but then you're doing it somebody else. in the pub. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like a nice ass, whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. like, well, fuck you, dude, because you're the mm. you're the problem. Yeah, that's you know. It. And I think what we were saying before, it's it's so helpful to be. Uh, a lot of the time, men, these men who are doing it, kind of can't. It, it feels like an abstract idea that mm. that women are going through this. It feels very like abstract. Oh yeah, all women. They can't physically mm. <laughs> see that, but when yeah. you can relate it to literally going, how about your your daughter I, I remember watching I think it was probably a TikTok um recently that was <laughs> love it over there <laughs> was um 
about uh, the abortion when the when the abortion laws went through in Texas fairly recently. Um, horrendous. Uh, and they were it was a woman who was talking to her partner and recording him and saying and he's he's very I can't remember American politics uh, Republican, whatever it is over there that's like real Trumpy. Real Republican, pro Republican, Trumpy. Republican. Yeah. <laughs> Republican. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Trumpy is absolutely a term I start using. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really Trumpy. Yeah. Is your partner um, an English teacher? <laughs> no, history. <laughs> That's all right then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you get away with Trumpy. Yeah. Yeah, Trumpy. Yeah. Um, and were, it was super pro, uh, pro, what do they call it? Pro-life over there, right? Which really is yeah. just anti-abortion. They're yeah. anti-abortion. Yeah. Um, and we're saying like, okay, uh, so you don't believe in abortion if a woman, a woman has been raped can't abort it you don't believe in abortion if a woman is going to die by giving child childbirth no absolutely no abortion what about if you had an affair with someone and they got pregnant and he literally stops and like he can't he doesn't know how to respond because all of a sudden he's in that scenario and it's a woman yeah. that he knows and, mm-hmm. and it's that it's that concept it's being like okay it's not just a woman anymore now it is your sister or it is your daughter mm. or it is your your mother i think that's um yeah, when having these conversations with men, it, it rather than just being this abstract idea of woman, woman exists. So even in, in the post, like the sort of independent article is like, woman experiences sexism at the workplace. And I'm, I, I feel, a, even I feel a bit like, who's this woman? Yeah. <laughs> is it what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it helps to just for all of us to be like, oh, no, here's that. And they haven't even, they've used like a stock image of me, which I do find really funny. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm a photographer. I've got quite nice, quite nice pictures <laughs> of myself. But it helps everyone just be like, this person is is what we're talking about. Like, yeah. You know, it, it, it I, I think if we, if you put it on a on a personal level to anybody, it's yeah. easier to to fathom it. When we yeah. we we we've, we've talked in in the men's group a couple of times about the the damage of pornography. Mm. Um, and and it's like the thing is with pornography now, it's become so common. Yeah, um, it's it's almost like joked about, you know. Mm. Where, like Simon and I were saying, when we were kids, our only access to pornography was if you found a dirty magazine, yeah. you know, and you generally found it in a bush in the park. <laughs> <laughs> that was real, wasn't this in The Simpsons? No, that's no, real. It, it really was. And yeah. quite often burnt or ripped apart. <laughs> yeah, slightly, oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I don't even know, like, ritualistically or something. I don't know. But the 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 point that, that I'm trying to get to with this, it's funny, but anyway, <laughs> is that. You know, when you make it personal, it takes all all of it away. You know, like what if you you know you're scrolling through whatever porn site you're using, and you click on a on a thing, and it's your mum. You know, yeah. you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, uh, uh, it's it's like the minute it's made personal, people are like, oh my god, shit, no. Yeah, disgusted. You know, like, they're almost offended by it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, mm. yeah, I, I I would encourage all these guys who carry on like like this you're basically mm. you're behaving like an animal go yeah. home and 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 talk to your mum like that and see what she fucking does to you yeah you know yeah like my mum would whoop my ass and rightly <laughs> so you know but yeah yeah i think the other thing and this is a oh it's a huge societal issue but mm. alcohol is so damaging and it's really easy for us as two kind of straight edge sober guys but we've been through it you know we've had years of university drinking and all of that and yeah it's not like a holier than now stance but when Mm. you step away from it and don't drink alcohol at all you then really see how detrimental it is and how damaging in so many ways and Mm. the fact that it's 
it's so you know like pre-drinks and what it's so normalized within mm. certainly western so especially england and it's mm. so messed up you know like you said yeah. you see these guys that are probably pretty steady at the beginning of a wedding and then they just regress and yeah their yeah. boundaries and their their sense of propriety just goes and yeah mm. but we don't really talk about it of course it's, it's just so seen accepting. as okay yeah I, yeah and it's messed up I think what blew my mind away was actually with the, you know, with all the lockdowns we've had, people were more upset about the pubs closing <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, man, that's crazy. But, you know, I like part of one of the reasons I stopped drinking was I really didn't like the person that I became when I drank. Yeah. You know, that's I, a very common men's issue, I think. Yeah, it? absolutely. It's a different yeah. person. Mm. You know, you drink yeah. and it, it's like, actually, I'm a bit of a dick. Mm. you know I do and, wonder why I had this I had this problem for for a long time in my previous relationship and it was like alcohol I always used to say like you're just so the you're just this beast like this different person mm. when when you drink and and I, it does seem to be I mean in all of this like women also harass men and, and women experience this a lot but it is is far more again far more a men's issue that it, it seems to happen like the the anger that would come out and the raging would be just be so horrible or would just lie or make things up or or just be mm. so mean to me um never like physically but just you know nasty like and and it was like alcohol that made that happen and I always used to think is this actually what you're like is this actually you deep down and alcohol is like uh, you know sparking it off and here you are and you can't hide it anymore I don't believe that to be the case now uh, but I don't I still don't know what like what it is? What makes what makes I, it so? I think wild. with alcohol, like you, like it, like when we can get down to who we really are authentically and be really mm. comfortable in ourselves, so that we can we can connect with somebody like we are right now, mm. having a discussion where we we're being vulnerable, but we're not putting it, we're not feeling it at risk. Yeah. You know, mm. so we feel safe. We're all yeah. like, we're safe having a conversation, but we've been quite open and vulnerable. With alcohol, yeah. it takes all your your sort of armor away. So mm. then a lot of that emotion I feel that you've been burying and hiding just comes through. And a lot of the time it comes through as anger, mm. particularly yeah. with guys. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, we don't know what emotion we're feeling. So therefore we think. Yeah. You know, we'll fuck this guy over here because you know, I mean, I don't think it's it's not just you know unique to men either. I think it's quite common yeah. in women as well, which is yeah. why you see so much conflict when alcohol is mm. in play. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but this is just my theory. Yeah, you know, no, I think yeah. it's, I think it tracks it tracks what we were saying earlier. Like yeah. if you if sober, you don't know what you're feeling and you can't connect to it, then yeah, yeah. it's not going to all become clearer when you put alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> So you know, be... well, the alcohol as well is quite often you know, in Buddhist terms. It, you talk about that we create our own suffering, and that mm. happiness is an inside-out job rather than outside-in. And yeah. if people have disharmony within themselves, and the alcohol is numbing that pain, mm. then although it's numbing it, <clears throat> you know, we all have shadow. We have shadow behaviors, shadow actions, etc. Within within yeah. us, there's no light without dark, etc., etc. So these things are gonna come out, mm. and also, with the lack of inhibitions, it is that lack of control, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. If the um, if we're usually hiding a deep-seated 
dissatisfaction in our lives with our partners or with our jobs or in our appearance all of those things that that just rage is going to come out isn't it and, mm. absolutely and yeah. your partner is the easiest person unfortunately i'm ashamed to say a lot of those behaviors yeah. that you've described that your your previous partner you know kind of yeah they, they were mine to mm. you know even forgetting behaviors you know forgetting mm. stuff that i'd done during the night and that was part of my reason i, I certainly have never hit my partner or anything but mm. what you say verbally is actually just as bad so you Absolutely. can't yeah you can't dress it up any other way and yeah. it stays with you doesn't it yeah oh, and words you know they yeah. really hurt so yeah. i kind of i don't live with shame because there's no the point in that but i'm certainly yeah. i'm aware of it and and move away from that i, I still mm. embrace my shadow and you have to in yeah. a vulnerable relationship but yeah. it just doesn't kind of exist in that way without alcohol yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i um uh practiced nichiren buddhism for for many years and i still oh, chant, wow. uh, still chant nam myoho renge kyo but i don't uh i don't kind of have it as so much as like a, i was a member of the sgi for a long time and um i think now my i'm more have moved away to sort of my own kind of version of it <laughs> for me okay. and just and just connecting yeah. just connecting yeah exactly I love that term yeah a bit set <laughs> yeah. a little bit of that, a little bit of this and yeah, I, I'm, making, this. I'm making my own vibe little cocktail little yeah. cocktail of things over here <laughs> yeah. well, but just, mocktail but yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. a virgin one <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah that connection <laughs> that connection with the universe is um is something that it can be is very abstract to a lot of men. It's such mm. an abstract uh, idea and is so kooky and out there and bizarre. And it's always so refreshing to meet and talk to to men who have a spiritual connection because it's uh, it, you just immediately feel like you're in a safe space. Like I felt mm. as soon as you know you guys asked me to come on the podcast, and I was like, who are these two men that I don't know that want to talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be okay over here? Yeah. <laughs> like looking, oh, the spiritual guys, hell yeah, yeah. it's all going to be yeah. good. Like <laughs> it's um, yeah, that is something that I think. You know, that's not something I can uh, implement into the, the wedding industry so much. I think it, men on the dance floor, you know, getting them to chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, but hopefully <laughs> by having these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just get them to be mindful. Just, yeah. just you know, yeah. focus inwards, turn towards your breath with acceptance. Yeah. A little bit of a But those conversations in, in I mean, daily life, I think will help, you know. Yeah, I think this was a big reason why we wanted to go into schools, to be honest. Mm. I mean, um, yeah. I don't know about like, I think if, if Simon and I rock into, into a secondary school to talk to some young people about the elements of, you know, spirituality and, and the, the, uh, the, the, the damage of pornography and toxic masculinity and all those sort of things and the rape culture, um, coming from two dudes covered in tattoos, yeah, like rolling up on old Harleys um, or skateboards. <laughs> Looking yeah. like they've just rolled out of a hedge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Gonna go... pretty much us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I call our style hobo, uh, hobo chic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm probably the same, man. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think I would absolutely <laughs> call myself hobo chic. <laughs> yeah. But I just can't help but think they're going to relate a lot more to us than they are in a dude, <gasps> like in a suit or a, you know, I don't That's... know. That's so interesting to think about in terms of how we present ourselves as well, because yeah. I I remember when I first started having therapy, my therapist, um, I've literally just just like ended therapy for a little while. I have a break from it. It's been three years. So I'm, I'm three yeah. weeks out of therapy, which is terrifying. <laughs> but yeah. I'm doing it. Um, Love therapy. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
but she uh, was blind and on the first session asked me to describe myself to her yeah. and it was so I'd never it's such an interesting practice because I I had to like literally describe my physical appearance to somebody which I've never ever done before mm, yeah. um and I reflected a lot on like being covered in tattoos and having piercings and having very bright colored hair and the kind of um, clothes. I'm so sorry, there's a cat fight happening behind me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> um, and it, it, you know, as it does in therapy, it, it went on and on and on. And I kind of came to this realization that a lot of how I present myself is like a war paint that is put on so that yeah. men will not talk to me. <clears throat> like I know what I can do to dress a certain way to get no attention and I know if I'm going to wear a certain thing I'm going to get a lot of attention or I know if I like look more feminine um even in the way I do my hair and my makeup then I'm going to get a lot more attention uh it's and it's become for me I do think it's become I kind of think why do I look this way now why do I dress this way and it's not it's not solely the reason but I do believe that a part of it is because I look harder i'm not i'm like like you described yourself so i was like <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm absolutely not at all but i can kind of turn it on you know if i don't yeah. speak and then just look at me mm, maybe i can look second open my mouth yeah it's gone <laughs> it's just a yeah. but it's, See, it, that's not the first time i've heard that either if i'm honest yeah I've, my, so sad. my wife and daughters have said the exact same thing mm. yeah my, yeah. my 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 youngest daughter she's she she says she won't wear certain clothing because she doesn't want the yeah the attention. And I like, it's like you shouldn't have to fucking worry about that yeah. stuff. And it's something that's really affected me in in terms of shooting weddings. I'm, I'm like, we talk about what what do we wear? Because there's times over the summer where I'm working. You know, we had some hot days the summer, yeah. 30, 30 odd degrees. And on those days, I was working in central London in like a warehouse wedding where there is no outside space. There and there's no aircon. This is England. Like, is it was so so hot. And I was trying to shoot through layers of clothing because I was like, if I I wear like a jumpsuit that's usually got like a t-shirt laid underneath or something. Yeah. I want to bare my arms. I want to like get my skin out because I'm so hot. But I know exactly what will happen if I do. Like it feels Mm. like an open invitation to be like, here's my bare skin. Come and put your hands on it. (laughs) Madness. I mean, like how hard is it for you? Like, I mean, every time you're you're going into a wedding, you're going to have mm. those concerns, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that must be horrific. Well, it's it's so normalised that it's only mm. really now I'm talking about it. Like since that post, that post blowing up way more than I thought it was. It's made me yeah. go. I've read it. I've reread it and gone, oh, that's actually that is actually a really big thing that you've said. Like that is Absolutely, these are really big yeah. things that happen and. It, it's just so normalized that yeah what you what you wear or how you look or or deciding how you're going to walk down the road like I was literally thinking about it earlier when I was crossing the road to go to the post office like you know I I have chosen a coat a big oversized coat and I've put my glasses on and like I've put my hair up in this and I know no one's going to say anything to me when I walk down this road but if I wore my other coat and if I like got my skin out <laughs> when I wore these yeah. shoes someone along the way from here to the post office is gonna say something to me um and it's or even like who I'm with walking down the road I know if I'm out with my sister and we've both got like dressed up for the evening and we're going out into town like we will not be able to walk down the road without something being said to us or being Uh, in a space um there is the other side of that where we we sometimes play the system and we go like for example she's she's moving house at the moment she went to buy a sofa 
we uh we kind of managed to to maneuver the fact that we were two two vulnerable women who didn't know what we were doing like, like these three blokes to put this up to load the sofa up for us and to like do all of that because listen if you if you're in the game you gotta play it sometimes we I think you guys are fucking owed that to be honest <laughs> yeah they should have come to your fucking house moved it wherever you wanted polished the floors as well you know centuries of oppression really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Me the sofa. Yeah. I mean I think the the one thing that kind of gets to me about a lot of this is like like men have got to wake up to the fact that um, women women have this sort of amazing element to them that is both they have this amazing empathy for a start mm. and there's there's a this sense of beauty in the sense that they understand compassion way better than most of us men do. Mm. And, like, that's the biggest thing for me is, like, the minute I started to learn empathy and compassion, my whole life changed. Yeah. And mm. for the better, you know. I'm still man. I'm still masculine, you know. I don't have yeah. any desire to, to, you know, to be anything other than who I am. Mm. But learning the empathy and the compassion was the big thing. And it really came home to me during, during this whole COVID crisis with how different countries reacted to the same crisis. Mm. And and my point being, like being a Kiwi, I'm super proud of being from Aotearoa. Um, but you know, in in New Zealand, with with uh, Jacinda Ahern leading the country and treating everybody like like the joke in New Zealand at the moment, she's Auntie Cindy. <laughs> you know, everybody calls her Auntie Cindy because she led Love the country that. with compassion and empathy. Yes. Where yeah. over here we got the bumbling buffoon mm. um, <laughs> who really. Yeah doesn't have a fucking clue but no. treated us all like we were idiots yeah. and it's it, it and it's like dude where would you rather be oh you know, god where yeah. would you rather yeah. lead your country yeah and it's like guys fucking wake up yeah you know it is having having compassion and empathy is is all we need to change the world you know that that's such a simple thing to learn and i think it starts with us learning it for ourselves like that's mm. i, I yeah. don't think yeah. A lot of men have have any empathy or compassion for themselves and that's probably because of how they were raised it's probably because of the the homes that they're in it's because of yeah. society it's because we have leaders like we do yeah. um mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's yeah it's as simple as that but it's yeah. a big I mean, thing to learn. I can honestly say my wife has taught me more about empathy mm. than any other human being on the face of the planet. Mm. And I'm so grateful for her for that. Yeah, that uh, among other things, obviously, but uh, you know, she really is like, and she, the way she explains it to me, because I didn't really have any empathy at all. I just it was it was an alien thought process to me. Mm. You know, I can't speak for you, Simon. I don't know if you had a similar train on it. Um, I struggled with it. I don't know. I think I did, and like interestingly, when you said about the male trait, usually with the avoidant rather than the anxious, mm, I, yeah. I'm the opposite. And I know I can bring it right back to my kind of mother wound and yeah. A, yeah. attachment to her yeah. and the anxiety that um, came from kind of, if I'm really honest, um, her love being conditional and selective. Mm, and I, yeah. I don't in any way kind of put her down for that. I love her so much and I know she loved me, but she didn't love herself. And that's how it kind of manifested. But for me, I, I think certainly empathy wasn't so much of a problem but and still even with my partner now sometimes 
she doesn't feel seen by me and that's something I'm really aware of mm. that my my inability to take my ego out of a situation and like say if, if she was to talk about something for me to pick out the bits and then relate them to how I feel about that egoically and and so not really hearing the whole picture and I suppose that is an element of empathy that, that's just not there so in some ways yeah in some ways yeah. no. but yeah. um you know I, I think the, the, the biggest thing or the biggest change for me and I, I know this is the same for John as I kind of said before is that partly through Buddhism and partly through just other elements of spirituality and mindfulness just an understanding of creating my own suffering and that really everything is on me so I don't ever really project my feelings onto other people now I really mm. look inwards at you know I feel like this I, I, I learn to kind of observe my thoughts and not act on everything and mm. and really what you said earlier as well sit with what's going on rather than yeah completely reactive all the time yeah yeah but it's taken That's 46 it. years to get there yeah you know? yeah yeah we're working in progress <laughs> well good ego <laughs> is is everything i think that's that's it and that is that's something I have speak about a lot it's actually something I spoke about in an Instagram post a, a while ago that, that did not go viral but was um <laughs> I might have to dig up now and be like oh guys this is him <laughs> blow this one up too yeah. I was talking about the male ego of of uh, the, e the ego of many of the male wedding photographers that I come across and how the ego in their work is all about them getting the perfect shot on the wedding day um sometimes I'm working alongside if I'm shooting video I'm working alongside a photographer I don't know and he he has to get this perfect shot like for his Instagram or for his or whatever like you can see it in his body he <laughs> needs this shot but the sun is right there and it's going to look so good if they go over there but the couple it's the middle of their speeches and they don't want to and they've already had pictures and they don't care about that photo and mm. I've literally like this summer had to talk a photographer down and be like you need to take a I think I said to him like you need to do a lap dude like you need to go because because your energy <laughs> Like, and he yeah. just he did he set his camera down all props to him and he walked away and because uh, i was like you are dying to get this photo that they do not want and we are here <laughs> like it was fascinating to me to watch i was i was like yes yeah, it sucks it sucks we can't get that shot it would be really cool it's a really nice sunset the, the the field is beautiful yeah i get it but his actual the aggression that was coming out of him because they weren't gonna let him take that picture that he wanted like the ego was incredible to see and that is I think that is a lot of what I'm talking about of when men need to sit with being kind of called out and then called into the conversation is going there is that moment where you have to address your ego and go okay this is making me feel a certain way I'm feeling very angry you know tune in with your feelings like we've said it's very hard to do well let's do it and then go okay now what do I do next and it's the men who are doing the now what do I do next that part they're the allies they're the good like they're the the not all men men like they're the men that we need the men who just sit with that fired up ego and let it stay there are the ones commenting death threats and rape threats on my dms right now on my instagram or the ones that are, you what? know they're the ones that's oh. real yeah yeah Name the second when, when i first say. posted this it was my own little safe space it was my little followers and now it's yeah. re you know it's now it's since the insider did an article it's out in america and now like i've had a lot of americans come on over and, and join the conversation and the the yeah the the hate is here the trolls are here here they have here they've wow. arrived um and it's it was it's fully expected and and um you know, something I really had to suddenly sit with and something I, I was talking with a mate about today and going, if I'd have known on Sunday it would have gone this massive, I would have hesitated because 
I've had to sit and read a lot of abuse about myself, which is not not great. (laughs) But I'm trying to put it in the the mindset of it's sparking so many conversations and like it's actually making real change happen. And the the I've had thousands and thousands of amazing positive stories and like the tiniest tiniest percentage of of Mm. horrible ones. And I have to focus on those those amazing ones. Um, But I do think ego is. That's it. That that's yeah. where it's at. I don't think Shit. women. I don't think we're taught. We're we're so like I don't know. When we're little, it's all about looking a certain way, or even the way that we talk to young girls and young boys differently. You know, I think boys are taught to to step into a room and to kind of be more confident and to um, think believe that they are believe that they belong in that space whereas I think imposter syndrome is there a lot more for us and it yeah. it definitely is something that I've noticed in along with my peers as my male photographers can rock up and it's their first ever wedding but they are treating it like it's their a hundredth and they're charging the price of that it's their hundredth and that's something that I've I, I've had learn and gone oh I should be doing that okay <laughs> like great I'm I'm yeah. five years in and I'm still like broke and because I'm I'm I don't have that <laughs> self-worth and I think that goes hand in hand with the ego mm. no I, I yeah. think so too yeah it's interesting I because your post actually kind of highlighted a little bit of naivety in myself because mm. like as a barber like sometimes people have said to me you know do you ever get shitty clients and stuff and I never do. And I'm I'm super confident as a person. I'm confident in my skills and stuff. And um, in my head, it's like a wedding photographer. They're going to be super confident. They're going to be in their skills. But literally what I didn't take into account was gender. And mm. that's a real naivety mm. as a, a white mm. middle class man. Yeah. That I have that ridiculous privilege to think, well, they're doing a professional job. No one's going to do that shit. But yeah. they're not to a man. Yeah, but that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. And that was a real like fuck. Yeah, you know, mm. and you know we've got a friend. Um, well, I've never met her because she lives in New Zealand. But says he, who's a barber, and yeah. always gets the question: Oh, can you cut hair, love? You know, can you do a fade? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So, just, uh, just because of the the perceived gender, and yes. we as men we just don't get that, and it's yeah, it's so so it. sad. I, I think that's the big thing. I remember. Um, <laughs> When, when the with the whole you know sort of Black Lives Matter, I I I, I work in Milton Keynes, and um, <clears throat> I had a guy come in my store, a Muslim guy, and I'm into like hot rods and motorcycles and stuff, and he spray painted cars, and so he and I hit it off. We got talking, and he came in one afternoon, and I said, "Hey, dude, why do I only ever see you at like five o'clock in the afternoon? Why don't I ever see you any other time of the day?" And he said, oh, well, there's less people around this time of the day, so we don't get as much abuse. Mm. And I was like, well, shit, you yeah. know? These mm. people, you know, there's so many people, and clearly probably most women are dealing with this shit on a day-to-day basis. So us middle-of-the-road white dudes yeah. just don't have a fucking clue about yeah. the time, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it really yeah. is. It's like we're buried, like that's the fucking epitome of white privilege. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we really yeah. like uh we have a duty of care in my mind yeah. to do more. Yeah. Because Absolutely. we're the ones not at risk. 
you are the ones this is my beautiful friend um p who's who's a, a wedding celebrant herself and like the wisest person i know said recently you it's the people who are thriving in patriarchy who need to look after the those of us who are surviving it and yeah. that's it mm-hmm. by not having the um by just living your life blissfully unaware you because mm. you're right up here at the top like obviously you've been through shit and you've got your stories and you've got your yeah. lives but but just if you boil it down to the, the privilege that you do have is more it is yeah. more already um and... i'm gonna write that down i need to quote. <laughs> can <laughs> i quote you on that it's so fucking wise yeah. I need to like, yeah hold on let me tell you exactly how she worded it because it's yeah. better it's going to be better than how i just butchered it okay she said it's the it's not the responsibility of those of us who are surviving patriarchy it's the responsibility of those who are thriving in it absolutely I think realistically, <laughs> as white as men, full stop, who are a little bit maybe more aware than some others, mm-hmm. we've got a responsibility to educate those fuckers that are still living in the dark ages. Yes. Tell them to stop being cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right? that's all we need. We fixed it, y'all. <laughs> yeah. but, but also, brother, just, just the, the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. <laughs> yeah. From a beautiful place of compassion and love yeah. and understanding the difference between the action and the actor. Yeah. Absolutely. What we yeah. need to do is yeah. take them yeah. from dog cunt to good cunt. <laughs> I love it. You're the perfect yin and yang. Yeah. Fire and ice, baby. You would have seen us together as well. Like, um, yeah, we are yin and I'm yang. I'm five foot ten and skinny and he's six foot two or whatever and big. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's it, like it's the, the basis of any good relationship, whether yeah. it's friendship or not. I, I love him more than most, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure yeah. <laughs> like, the, other than my wife, so <laughs> the closest person to him. Yeah, yeah. Goes but, without saying. Yeah. But I mean, like, realistically, all joking aside, is we do have yeah. a responsibility to educate. Yeah. And like I, I'd say to any any guys listening, is please, if your mate starts pulling this sort of nonsense, yeah, then pull them up on it. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about with the Black Lives Matter that it wasn't enough to just be not racist. Yes, exactly. You had to be anti-racist, Yeah. you know, and, and it's the same thing with this in my mind. Absolutely. You it's know? Absolutely. It. You've nailed it. Yeah. It's as simple and, as that. And I think, like, like I said to you before, before we started recording, Kim, I class myself as a feminist in the sense that uh, I've got two beautiful daughters and a beautiful wife, a mother, a sister, and all of those women, I want them to have absolutely everything that they should have, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want any man to tell them that they can't. Mm. So if you have a mother or a sister or a daughter or a partner, you should want the same things. Yeah. It's as fundamentally yeah. basic as that. Yeah. And I really like that idea of if it, you know, I, I've been saying call it out, uh, like, or step up and step in, or yeah. I've been saying call it out, but call it in is what it is. It needs to be yeah. a, a dialogue that comes from a place of compassion. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the, sometimes people will only respond initially to that anger or that, you know, that calling them whatever it is you want to call them. But deep down if if you really talk to people and, and find that route like they will change they will listen and they will yeah. especially listen if another man is saying it to them yeah i mm. think so i'd like to think so yeah 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 i think Whatever the optimist me yeah but but also you know if, if we take a step back to the kind of the purity of life and what mm. you know what children are and when you see them they there there is no child that is born like that you know, they're not, they're not born homophobic, racist, yeah. 
yeah. sexist, any of the things, they are born with this wonder and awe of life, you know. Mm. And and the the thing, the biggest thing about the whole thing with women being so so oppressed, I don't get is that women are literally the gateway between heaven and earth in terms of you know the ability to create life and stuff. It just seems mm. so abhorrent yeah. that there's this um with just oppression and anger. But, but yeah. yeah, you know, children they are pure. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and. If we remember that and, and try and have that humanist element too, that yeah. the man that you see was a child that was fearful, that was maybe beaten. And yeah. and that, that's mm. where this compassion comes in so that yeah. whenever we do call someone in, it is with that love that you've just yeah. described and that the understanding of that, you know, they feel a certain way, but it, they can change. You know, yeah. we're guys in our 40s and we have. Yeah. We, probably certainly not to the level that you've described but mm. there would have been elements of that you know even more so that we wouldn't i don't think john or i would necessarily have done things to women but we'd have talked about women in ways yeah. and that's just as bad that's just know. that's just green lighting behavior i think that's it absolutely it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah completely so i i yeah, yeah i do agree on that yeah. i think um, it, i i think truthfully the, the the end of the day is you know what it, I, I don't know the exact quote but bad things happen when good people don't do anything yes Mm. so let's be good people and let's do something about it yeah definitely yeah. boom love that yeah <laughs> did you kim did you want to share anything else before before we kind of wrap this up no i don't think so i've i've just had like you know we've covered so much and more that that i thought we would and i've just really appreciate you you know immediately stepping stepping up and calling me in and I can't remember I think I said this before we started recording please tell me if I said it during recording but I've had such a huge response from like women taking action and the two maybe you are one of two like men I mean you are two men but (laughs) three men one other man who's been like what can I do can I actively do something you know but you have invited me on here and created a conversation and your listeners I I'm I'm sure will take away and have meaningful conversations from this and that's um that's the point of the post you know the point of the post was to make change um but that we just need like even this um an amazing wedding photographer sam who's um just created an instagram post with me today that he's posted from his post from him posting something in response to mine Lovely. now all the men have appeared and now they're stepping up and like this is this is kind of was my point of, of posting initially was like I need we need collectively men to take this conversation over because this is when you know real change happens so yeah. just thank you mm. thank you for being what a, you know one of the few <laughs> who, who well thank you in. If it, it's only um kind of anecdotally in a very small amount but you know within the men's circle that we're we're doing mm. that there are men and that are, are similar to us you know that yeah. are trying to be more conscious trying to be more understanding and and trying to be more embracing of yeah. kind of all elements of ourselves and my son's 16 he's part of it we've got a, mm. a lad who's 18 who comes along we've got a guy who's 25 who's as wise as anyone I know yes. and so although it's taken us so long we hope that kind yeah. of um, figuratively that we're holding the generations above us so they don't have to start from as low oh, as we started I so am desperate for you guys to get into schools like you have to <laughs> I'm going to set you up with my with my partner and get you into his secondary school because oh my True. goodness do they I mean, need it yeah like we're working on a program as we speak yes so. yes, um, yes, yes. 
before we wrap this up, I just want to say um, a big thank you uh, to Rosie, uh, who follows us on Instagram, because she was the lovely lady who pointed your post out. Ah, oh, amazing. So, Fine thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that, Rosie. Um, yeah. And uh, if nothing else, like um, we said with uh, Jalissa Jane, who we had on before Christmas, um, we've made a new friend, which is really lovely. Uh, and... Um, I'm going to get business cards made up for you. So with our faces on it, looking really yes. angry and shit. So it, like whenever you get any grief, you can go, look, these are my friends. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we'll get our shirts off and everything. You know? Great. That's what <laughs> yeah. we need. You know what? Yeah. Scrap everything we've said. That's yeah. the only thing we need. Yeah. <laughs> well, shirts off and I don't, I don't even own a tie now, but ties around. <laughs> our hands. Yeah. Yeah, really maybe is. I just need you tattooed. Actually, can I just get that immediate just on on the other arm that's bare right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Pull yeah. them out. Yeah. Got women on my arm right now. That's why yeah. I'm being harassed all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a couple of ugly mugs on the other one. <laughs> that will see them off. <laughs> They'll back away. Yeah, yeah. except this. Yeah. The sad thing is, you like, are those your dad? You got like two dads. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what if I have? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> and they're scary motherfuckers. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we usually end with a little bit of a Buddhist prayer, if you're happy mm, with that. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. May any goodness that comes from our practice be shared outwards in all directions, and together may we create a positive change on this planet. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, I'd like to finish with, in, in New Zealand, we say to somebody um, when we say goodbye to them, kia kaha which is basically translated as uh, be strong, stay strong. Mm, so that. Kim, kia kaha. Um, kia kaha right back. And thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Yeah, thank and you. thank you for being vulnerable and actually putting yeah. it out there when, uh, you know, yeah. it's such a scary thing to do. So, yeah, yeah all power Thanks to you. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank Thanks you. very much. <laughs>